Well, good morning, church family. I know you guys are relieved that Tim's not talking today. I always got to throw that one in there. Just, you know, it's like a gimme. Um, Man, so we're doing a a five-week series uh, this past uh, three weeks we've done it so far. This is week four. Uh, We've talked about uh, grace alone, right? We believe in grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And today we're going to talk about God's glory alone. For those of you guys that maybe aren't familiar with what the Reformation is, uh, I know a lot of you guys are, you're really smart, Uh, but back in the day, uh, a guy named Martin Luther uh, and a a movement of people said, hey, enough is enough, right? We keep adding things on to the gospel, we keep adding things on to the church, and it's just not right. And so he said, you know what, we're not going to stand for this, and so they protested, right? He's got the 95 Theses, he pounded on the door, and he said, things have got to change, Right? And that's where we get the five solas that we're talking about, right? And today we're going to talk about the glory of God alone. Let me pray for us real quick. Father, thank you for this opportunity uh, to stand up here, God, and to preach the word. Um, God, we are just so thankful for you. Lord, we're thankful for your grace. Lord, we're we're thankful that uh, we can put our faith in you, God, and it's all for your glory. Lord, and all completely based on the word of God that has been given to us. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless this time, get rid of all the distractions, all the things that uh, would want to hinder us from growth, uh, that, to hinder us from the abundant life that you are offering us through your son, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We pray this all in your name. Amen. So this is a topic that is very close to my heart. When Tim said, hey, I want, I want you to preach one of these weeks uh, in, the, in this uh, alone series, uh, I said, you know what? I know exactly which one I want to do. Um, funny enough, some of you guys, you know, you might understand what I'm saying, but uh, so much so that soli deo gloria, right, is to God alone be the glory. And me, I'm a gamer, okay, just so you guys know. I love playing video games. My gamer tag for, like, everything is soli deo gloria, right? It's, uh, because I so have wanted to ingrain this into my own heart, that I live for the glory of God alone. And so as soon as we were like, hey, we're doing this series, I'm like, man, Soli Deo Gloria, that's me, right? I mean, in the gaming community, that is me, actually, if you have me on a friend on anything. Uh, but I want it to be me in everything that I do in my life. And so we're going we're gonna to dive into this, but I want to I share with you guys uh, a little bit of a story of how I came to faith in Jesus, and I know some of you guys know this, but uh, it's so, from, from the very get-go, God has clearly been putting it on my heart, Zach, I want you to live for my glory, right? And so uh, back in 2011, which is crazy that it's been that long, I know some of you guys are like, I, you know, I'm like in my 70s, nothing wrong, I'm not saying you're old, right? And you're like, but I've been a Christian for 50-something years. It's, it's crazy to me that I've been a Christian since 2011, and we're about, to, we're about to hit 2020, right? People say, Zach, where do you see yourself in a year? I say, I don't know. I don't have 2020 vision. <laughs> but um, Somebody needs to get back up there, right? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. But it's crazy to think that I've been a believer for this long, right? I've still got so much further to go, but God has so clearly been moving in my life from, the, from day one when I put my faith in Jesus at a Teens for Christ meeting, my life has never been the same. And one pivotal moment for me uh, was when somebody convinced me to go to Teens for Christ boot camp. And I know I've probably talked about it up here before, uh, but it was so, like, just, it just shook me to my core. 
And I remember something very specifically happened. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know what Teens for Christ Boot Camp is, basically it's like a week long uh, where they take your phone. You don't even know what time it is, and you do uh, PT in the morning, and then you're in the Word of God for like six to eight hours through the day. Now, the first year that I went was in 2012. If you would have told me a year ago that I'd be going to a camp like that, I probably would have cursed you out to your face, right? Because a year prior to that, I didn't believe in God. I was angry. I was angry at the world. I was angry at the idea of God. But in this moment, God so clearly shook me to my core. And I remember they did a drama, right, a skit, and it was later called The Battle Skit. And I don't know if anybody here has seen it. They've done it at Converge before for any of you guys that have been there. But the imagery here is that there's a guy standing there in the center, and he starts flirting with the idea of sin, right? And these, like, demonic-looking, you know, things that represent different sins in your life just started slowly, like, befriending him. And then eventually they became more aggressive and aggressive and aggressive to the point where they have him on the ground, and they're beating him up, right? And, I mean, they're just, like, completely destroying this person. They bring out a cross, and they get ready to put this guy on the cross and at the last moment Jesus comes in and he picks up this guy off the cross and he sits him down and he gets willingly on the cross, is crucified, is taken away and the angels come and they surround this person in the middle and the demons try to fight the angels. I I wish you could actually see it because me describing it isn't doing it a justice but in in the very last moment Jesus comes back, right? And he casts out the demons and this guy is sitting there and he's like, he just embraces Jesus. And for a guy who had been living for himself for a very, very long time to see that, God made it so apparent to me. He said, Zach, your life is not your own. He said, your life is not your own. I gave my life for you so that you in turn would give your life to me. And in that moment, God made it so clear. He's like, you need to live your life for my glory. And that was so transformative. And still today, I don't get it fully, right? I still do a lot of things for my own glory. I still do a lot of things because I am selfish. Most of us probably are, right? But I have a selfishness issue. When I wake up in the morning, what's the first thing I think about? What am I going to wear today? What am I going to eat today? You know, where am I going to go today? What am I going to do when I get off work? What am I going to blah, 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 blah. It's it's all me, me, me. What am I going to do, right? And God is so clearly saying, listen, that's not the picture. And so today we're going to talk about what does it mean to live your life for the glory of God alone? Here's the first question that I want to ask. Because it, it took a minute for me to try and figure out how to describe it. What is glory? I mean, we're talking about living for the glory of God alone. So what is glory? Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I watched a sermon uh, by John Piper. If anybody uh, is familiar with John Piper, dude talks so fast and says so many deep words so quickly But he's an amazing speaker, right? And he talked about the glory of God. And I love how they defined it. It says, when the holiness of God radiates out, right? When the holiness of God radiates out and fills the earth for people to see, it's called glory. 
Just think about that imagery for a second. When the holiness of God radiates out for all the people to see, it's called glory. So really, when we talk about the glory of God, we have to understand why are we giving glory to God? And ultimately, that's because God is holy. God is infinitely holy and set apart. You see, God's holiness is constantly radiating in all things, right? It says that God created all things. By him, through him, for him was everything created. I want us to open up our Bibles. It should be on the screen here. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. And this is just like a small snippet, just a tiny little bit of something to see about the glory of God. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled of his what? Glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook, and the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And he said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar." Verse 7, I didn't put it in there, that's my bad. It says, and he touched my mouth and he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. So Isaiah is getting a glimpse, just a glimpse, of what the glory of God looks like. You see this temple, right? And you see, I mean, literally the foundations of the temple are shaking when God speaks, And Isaiah sees it, he's like, I'm not even anywhere near worthy enough to to see any of this. But God comes and he takes his sins, right? And the imagery is so beautiful. But it says this, it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. For some reason, we have a hard time realizing that the story's not about us. The story is about God and His glory and that He's set apart from all things. God is infinitely unique and infinitely valuable, which makes Him holy. There is no other like God. And here's the thing God does not get His holiness, but we do not give uh, God glory because He created us. Guess what? Even if he hadn't created us, he would still be worthy of his glory because he is holy. God's glory is something that we as Christians need to take seriously. God is so very clear. He says, listen, if you refuse to call out to me, the rocks will cry out. 
rocks. We're not even talk, not even like something that has breath. It's just the rocks will cry out if you don't. It's interesting because we don't even, it's not even one of those things that, well, God is worthy of our praise because he saved us. Thank God, hallelujah, that he has saved us from our sins, right? But even if he hadn't, he would still be worthy of our praise and of his glory. See, as you start to peel back those layers and you start thinking that, you realize, man, this story really isn't about me at all. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that I get to do here is reflect the glory of God. When God's holiness radiates out and fills the earth for people to see, we call it glory. If you jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Starting in verse 23, it says this. It says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. I love this part. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any questions on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who has informed you and for the sake of your conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? I love this part. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that are being saved. What Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians is saying, listen, don't get caught up in the little things. You know, he's saying, like, you know, having a, having a clear conscience, like, just, just eat, just partake of it, right? And then if your conscience tells you not to, then don't, you know, it's like all things are lawful, but not all things build up or, or profitable, right? But then he says, but here's the deal. No matter what you do, whether you eat, whether you drink, or whatever, do all for the glory of God. All things. How often do we think of, like, I'm going to go out to lunch today for the glory of God. Right? It sounds, it sounds kind of dumb, right? You're like, you're just eating lashas, right? Like, how are you doing that to the glory of God? He's saying, don't get caught up in little things, but the call here is to glorify God in whatever we do, in all things. The next step you take, take it to glorify God. We often feel like certain positions or occupations are, are held up to a place where like, well, they can glorify God in their job, right? And I, like, you know, for me, I, I feel like people see people that are up on stage, pastors, youth pastors, children's pastors, you know, I, for some reason, it's like the pastors and the elders and the shepherding, they're in a position to glorify God in what they're doing. I just work at Speedway. See, I'll tell you what, I love, right now, most of you guys don't know this, not that I'm like trying to boost it up or anything, I'm only part-time here. 
I also have another job. I probably have served a lot of you guys coffee at Bigby, right? And I'll tell you what, here's something that's so cool. I love working there. When I started there, I really could only identify a couple people that were like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But how cool is it to walk into a place like that knowing that people around you are not living for the glory of God, that maybe don't have a relationship with God at all, and how you act and how you respond to certain situations, people look at that and you're like, man, something's, something's different. When a customer comes in because you got their order wrong and they cuss you out to your face, it's happened. How, how I respond to that is a big deal because how I respond to that can either give God glory or it can make me look really stupid. <laughs> Believe me, sometimes it's hard for me to not want to look really stupid when people come and do that kind of thing, right? You don't mess with people's coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry. But everything that we do, wherever you work, whatever you're doing in life, you can give glory to God in all of those things. You can walk in such a way that the people around you see God's love and his grace reflected from you. So how do we live a life in which God is receiving the most glory? Because that's what it's all about. Right? Paul was saying, no matter whether you eat, whether you drink, no matter what you do, give God the glory. It's like, what are you doing to give God the most glory? Because he is deserving of it all. Of our praise, of our honor, right? of our reverence. God is worthy of it all. God is worthy of his glory simply because that's who he is. But how do we... As human beings, flawed human beings, give God the most glory. And I'm going to give you another quote from John Piper. Not that I stole his entire thing, I promise. But I love this. And I've heard this actually years ago. I was reading a book by John Piper, and, and it said this. And I love this. And this, this is what I try to remember as I go throughout my, my day. God is most glorified in us when we, his people, are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. This is getting pretty deep now, guys, right? Because now you, start to ha- you have to ask the question to yourself, am I satisfied in Christ? What are the things that I'm running to for my own satisfaction? Let's be honest, we all can sit here and go around the room and talk about things that we've sought out to give us satisfaction that wasn't God. But it's interesting because we don't necessarily think this all the time, but the world is looking at Christians to see if they really believe what they say they believe. So if you go out and tell somebody, right, because I, I struggle with this, right, I have to like give the word of God multiple times a week. And I have, to, I have to try and believe it myself, and I have to try and live it out myself, right? But people are looking at you to say, do you really believe what you're saying? 
if you truly believe, right, as you're talking to somebody who's not a Christian or maybe just doesn't really have a strong relationship with Jesus, and they're going through some sort of crisis, do you really believe that God is your peace? Or do you go to everything else to try and find peace? They're watching that. Do you really believe your identity in Christ? Do you really believe that you're sanctified, that you're redeemed, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Because when you go and try to tell other people that when they need it, if they don't think you believe it, God's not most glorified in that. Now, obviously, we're flawed, right? We can't always, 100%, all the time, as flawed human beings, reflect the glory of God fully and completely and to be 100% satisfied in God all the time, right? That's just not going to happen this side of eternity. But if we started to evaluate ourselves and say, listen, what, what am I going to for satisfaction? If I believe this, if I believe that God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him, what changes do I need to make? What things do I need to stop going to for satisfaction? Now, I can't answer that question for all of you guys. But what am I, what am I doing differently so I can say, no, I truly, I truly believe that God is my refuge. It's really easy. I talk a lot. For those of you guys that don't know, don't know me. <laughs> People that are laughing obviously know me. I talk a lot. And a lot of times my first go-to when things get hard is to go talk to my close confidants about it. And there's not anything wrong with that. Except I'm not often satisfied with the answer that God gives in Scripture. Because I'm fallen. Because I'm, I'm just a man. A devilishly good-looking man, but I'm just a man, right? So I have to ask the question, Zach, when are you going to stop going to other people first for the advice and start coming to me and be satisfied in the answers that I give you? Oof. Oof. Like I said, I can't answer that for you. But if you reflect on that, if you truly ask God, what areas of my life am I not satisfied in when it comes to you? If you truly care about the answer, you will find the answer. You may not like the answer, but you will find the answer. Are we satisfied with his love? Are we satisfied in his truth and his peace? And then when people find, see where we find our satisfaction, are they pointed to Christ? Not because you told them to look at Christ, right? But because just the way that you live your life in such a way that they naturally say, something is different about this person. Something that they have, I want. You ever had that? You ever had that where you see somebody that just fully loves Jesus and is crazy about the gospel and is crazy about all the things that God is doing? You see them and you're like, wow, I wish I had that. And then sometimes you realize what it takes to get there and you're like, ah, maybe I'm not there yet, (laughs) right? 
But we've all been there where we've seen somebody that just gets it to a deeper degree than we do. We're like, I want that. Are we that for other people? See, one of the reasons for the Reformation was that the people were so caught up in the rituals and the things that were added on to the gospel that they misplaced their worship into tradition and ritual, right? Rather than the subject of our worship, which is God alone. To God alone be the glory. So when these people stood up and they said, listen, enough is enough. We've got to bring it back. We've got to, we've got to get rid of all the, the junk. And we've got to bring it back to Jesus, right? We've got to bring it back to Scripture, to, to the grace of God, right? To have faith in God for his glory alone. Scripture says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And is God your treasure? Because if he is, your heart's there. I truly believe Scripture when it says, if you seek me, then you will find me when you've sought me with your whole heart. And in that, God is most glorified. When's the last time we allowed God's truth alone to be good enough for us? That God's opinion of us was good enough. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. says this, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. This right here is the reminder that we're not the center of the story, right? We're created through God, for God. We weren't created for God to serve us or to fulfill our needs, though he does. He does fulfill our needs. Right? But, but God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He always was and he always will be. But God, being loving, created us and gave us an opportunity that we would be one with him. But if that scripture right there isn't enough to tell us, listen, the story's not about us. We were created by God, through God, for God. At what point there did, were you the creator? <laughs> At what point there was this for you, right? Man, I'm only, I'm only saying this because I have to remind myself of this all the time. My heart is deceitfully wicked, just like everybody else's. You know, I love this. I've got this thing around my neck. If I can get it off. So, uh, I did an internship with Teens for Christ uh, the year after I graduated from high school, I was there for four years. Um, one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life, <laughs> um, but so rewarding. But uh, when I started there, they sat us all down and they said, listen, like, you, you have to realize what you're about to sign up for, right? And at first, like, I kind of got what I signed up for, but it was truly like, no, 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 you have to realize, like, from this point on, like, your life cannot be the same, 
And so they gave us a ring. It's on a chain right now for me because I wear it around my neck. Um, Sadly enough, I lost it for like two years. Couldn't find it. And then a week ago, crazy how God works, right? A week ago, my old roommate found it in their couch. (laughs) Since I have since moved out, it fell into the couch and he brought it to me and said, hey, is, is this your ring? And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is my ring, right? You want to know what the ring says on it? It says only God's glory. It says only God's glory. It's a reminder to me that when I signed up for this thing, not when I signed up for the Teens for Christ internship, when I signed up to be a believer, right, to say I'm going to set myself apart, right, I'm going to dedicate my life to the glory of God, that when I do this, this is what I'm signing up for. And it has been ridiculously difficult. (laughs) But to God alone be the glory in all things. You know, this past week has just been one of those weeks where you just feel like you're getting beat up, right? Actually, this past couple months have been like that for me, right? Um, But God is still reminding me that he is so good. And when I get my mind around the fact that the story isn't about me, then when things just happen to me, Suddenly, in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, this doesn't matter, right? As long as God is glorified. And it's so cool, the opportunities that I've been able to have. Even just this past Wednesday night, uh, we went over to Lima Baptist Temple. They do a, an event called Summer on the South Lawn. We've been joining them uh, for a couple years now. I'm, I'm good friends with the youth pastor over there. Um, and that was the day that there was like tornadoes, right, and everything. And so that was like 2 o'clock, tornado sirens are going off. People are texting me like, Zach, what, like, what's going on, right? Like, are we still having this thing? I'm like, just give it a couple hours, right? Like, a tornado's not contagious. Like, it's not going to contaminate the ground. I mean, and clearly there was not a tornado where we were. Um, but then we had the event. It was nice and everything like that. And, and Michael had asked me, uh, Michael Green over there had asked me to give the gospel presentation. He's like, hey, you've got about like 20 minutes uh, to share. He told me that like a few weeks ago. I was like, okay, cool. You know, so like I, I planned out, you know, my, my little spiel and I talked about Ephesians chapter one, uh, or sorry, chapter two, verse one through 10, where it talks about how we uh, are no longer dead, but we're alive in Christ, right? By grace, you've been saved through faith. Uh, and I had a little bit extra that I was going to share, um, but we ended up having to kind of cut it short um, because there was another storm coming in. And I was like, okay, Got it. So Michael told me, he's like, you've got about like seven or eight minutes to share. And I was like, oh man. I was like, man, I, well, I got to take out this story and like, I got to do this. And, and ultimately what I was left with, I know this is next week. This is like a, a teaser for next week. It was just the scripture. It was just God, right? It was just go back to the basics. And so I pulled out my phone because we were outside and uh, I start looking at my phone Bible. And as soon as I start reading, uh, the Weather Channel app goes, tornado warning. And I was like, I looked behind me. For those of you guys that were there, this is totally how this happened. And I was like, there's a tornado on the way, and I'm about to give the gospel. Here we go, right? I was like, talk about, uh, talk about gospel urgency, right? There's a tornado coming in, and I have just a brief, t- short time to share the gospel with people. Funny enough, I'll throw her under the bus, too. <laughs> as soon as I got that, all of a sudden, Sheena texts me. She's like, make sure my boy gets home safe. I'm like... Sheena, stop. I'm trying to share the gospel, right? (laughs) Not important. Austin will be fine, right? (laughs) 
But it's just those, like those moments, right? Even yesterday, I'll just briefly touch on this. I, I was going to pick my, my roommate up from the airport in Dayton at like 2.45. I stayed in Middletown this past weekend with a, a buddy of mine. I was like, oh, it's on the way home. I'll be home by 4. You know, I can work on my, on my message. And like, oh, man, we'll be great. And then all of a sudden he gets, you know, the notifications like, hey, your flight's been canceled. Oh, but we found you one in Cincinnati. So then I had to drive. Can you hear me? Oh, whoa, there we go. Cool. So I go down there and I'm like, this is like six, this took an extra like six or seven hour ordeal, right? And worse than enough this, I was like, I can work on my MacBook. Like I can get my stuff together and I forgot my charger back at the church and my MacBook was at like 5% by the time I was going to work on it. And I was just like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like I, I hate this, right? But again, it's just a reminder that when you're not the center of the story, when these things happen and your life is about the glory of God, you're like, so what? So what? Yeah, I'm really tired today. <laughs> like, I'm exhausted, right? But to God alone be the glory. The last scripture I want to share, and then we'll get ready and wrap it up, is Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> Starting in verse 1, it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any confirmation from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, the last thing that I want to close with is this. Someday, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Christ is Lord to God alone, right? For his glory. Jesus took on the form of a servant. That translates roughly to slave. Jesus became a slave and died for us on the cross so that we could be in right standing with him. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to get up here and preach fire and brimstone, but don't wait until it's too late to bow your knee and to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because at that point, it will be too late. But here's the thing. In the end, no matter what, God gets the glory because that's just who he is. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you again for this opportunity, Lord, to share. Lord, to talk about your glory, to talk about the fact that you are so holy and so set apart from all things. God, your infinite holiness and your infinite value is what makes you holy. There is none like you. You are beginning and end. You are the creator. God, I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that we would reflect you, God, that we would be satisfied in who you are so that you would be most glorified in us. 
Lord, we give you this time of worship, God, and I pray that this time of worship would be different because we would remember, God, that we are singing our praises to you. God, it is your breath that is in our lungs. God, you are the creator. Lord, and right away, we should just give that breath back in praise because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.